0: on this edition of kiwi trips this beautiful is back
1: let's head to beautiful samoa the cradle of the south pacific
0: from chasing waterfalls and remarkable volcanic rock formations
1: to feasting on the seafood and drinking in the culture beautiful samoa is power packed with holiday pleasures let's go
0: we're back with kiwi tripsters travel podcast Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard for a very fresh and beautiful edition of Kiwi Tripsters. I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. Tello for Lava, Andrew. Talo for Michael. Uh, if you're casting around for the ultimate South Pacific holiday destination, beautiful Samoa ticks so many
1: boxes. It sure does. It covers so many bases, and I'm fresh back from my very first foray to the Samoan islands of Opulu and Savaii. I feel like I've lost my Samoan virginity. And i (laughs) have I was seriously impressed. Good holiday then. I should be wearing a lava lava for this episode. You really should be, rather than
0: a Mm. Hawaiian shirt. That's true, yes. Now, your brother-in-law, top bloke that he is, very nice guy, he's from Samoa, and uh, he's been on your case for quite a while about checking out his homeland.
1: Uh, You have finally done it. Yes, he'll be very happy, and a bit like New Zealand, Samoa took its time before reopening its borders. They didn't uh, reopen until August last year. So has the wait been worth it? Absolutely. I mean, honestly, Samoa seduced me. I just could not get enough of it. I was there, uh, (laughs) what, five nights and I could have easily just ripped up my ticket home and stayed for another five weeks.
0: I'm sure you could. As one of the larger island nations of the South Pacific, Samoa's great advantage is its space. Even when the hotel's are chocker, Samoa never feels
1: crowded. That's really well said. And, and so true. And I just Fell in love with the place because you do feel like you've got this wonderful South Pacific paradise laid on for yourself. Uh, white sand beaches galore, crystal clear freshwater pools everywhere, plunging waterfalls, dramatic volcanic features, rainforest. Ravishing doesn't really describe how superlative the rainforest is. No, you like a good ravishing, Michael. I love a good ravishing. Samoa is so much more than the sum of its beautiful parts because... In addition to the scenery, you've just got uh, the most charming, charming people, friendly, wide smiled people, and very proud of their cultural traditions, uh, which they call Fa'a Samoa, uh, the Samoan way. The Samoan way. Love it.
0: Now, as one of the oldest civilizations in the South Pacific, spanning three Thousand years—that's a few. Uh, Samoa considers itself the cradle of Polynesia,
1: right? Definitely. And it's interesting today how you can see that Samoan culture is this fusion of ancient tribal roots and the introduction of Christianity by missionaries in 1830. Very, very religious people. The architectural prowess of Samoas churches is something you have to see to be believed. It is staggering. They just Everywhere. And it's sort of like this competition amongst the churches who can reach the highest for the sky in the smallest of villages. That's,
0: I love it. Now,
1: we'll start in Apia. As I recall, that is where your brother in law is
0: from. Yes, Arpia, that's right. And their epic Catholic cathedral.
1: This has actually got parallels to Christchurch's earthquake legacy, whereby our two big cathedrals got knocked. Badly by Mother Nature. That's
0: an understatement.
1: And the year before our earthquake in 2009, Samoa had that dreadful earthquake and tsunami. Yeah. Um, so their Catholic cathedral uh, in Apia uh, has been rebuilt since then. And the interior transports you into another world. You've got the most irresistible architectural beauty blending with Samoan culture. Uh, sort of interspersed with the Catholic icons. They've got this amazing wooden ceiling, the entire ceiling in local wood, carved with patterns of Samoan tattoo or pia. And best of all, Andrew, I thought this was in some ways, it could be seen as irreverent, but I thought it was brilliant. They've got this fantastic Samoan version of the Last Supper painted around the main dome, and it showcases an ava ceremony or kava yeah. In which the disciples are drinking the kava, giving thanks to God as they share a ceremonial bowl. It's just a show stopping church.
0: That is fantastic. Now, close to the capital, uh, the Robert Louis Stevenson Museum is a major draw card. The celebrated author of Treasure Island and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde spent his final years in Samoa.
1: Yes, he was uh, traveling the Pacific. Uh, trying to combat his chronic lung issues by sort of taking advantage of the heat and the humidity. He settled on uh, Samoa and moved his family there in 1889. Sadly, he died four years later. Um, And interestingly, I thought this was quite cute. Uh, The guide who was showing me around the museum said the move was not good for his piano.
0: Pianos don't like being moved.
1: No, they don't. And uh, the humidity... Uh, required the piano to be kept in a glass case. Uh, but Stevenson adored Samoa. They adored him. And uh, they gave him his local name, Tusitala, which means Teller of Tales.
0: Now, his former residence, Villa Wailima, has been beautifully restored with absolutely amazing gardens and a huge trove of personal items on display.
1: Yes. The museum actually only opened um, about 30 years ago on the centenary of his death. And I loved the smoking room, not because I – could smoke there, yes. Well, not because of that, Andrew, no. And I kept my vape in my pocket, you'll be pleased to know. (laughs) But in Robert's smoking room, it is papered in a gorgeous copy of the original tapa cloth wallpaper that he commissioned for the room. It's called Siapo in uh, Samoa. Um, And they they rolled it out again – Not too long ago, because the original was just looking too tatty. But curiously, this smoking room has a fireplace. Now, you wouldn't really think Samoa and fireplace belong in the same sentence. No, but smoking room and fireplace might. That's true. And apparently he wanted it because it was like a little reminder of his Scottish home. Um, I was also struck by... Well, he could have just not paid the bill. There is that. (laughs) Um, Fabulous story about how when he died, the villagers and the estate workers who just adored him, they formed a human chain to carry his body up to the summit of Mount Vilema for burial. and uh, Sorry, Mount Vilema. And his wife, Fanny, is also buried there on the plateau just beneath the summit of this mountain. So if you really want to, you can actually walk up this mountain uh, to their gravesite. But do it in the early morning before the heat and the humidity zaps your stamina.
0: We do have a lot on these podcasts about how people died, where they died, and yeah, where to find their body. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yes, Yeah, we're here to help.
0: <laughs> now, Fun fact, there are 362 villages in Samoa and 1,800 matais.
1: Yes, the tribal
0: chiefs. Yeah. yeah. Wherever you drive across a Yupulu, How striking are the villages. They're they're full of colour, right?
1: They're like a carnival. Uh, It's just extraordinary. And they seem to compete amongst each other uh, for colourful beauty. They've actually been celebrating their anniversary for independence in the past year. So oh, yeah, a lot of yeah. the villagers sort of tarted themselves up to, you know, sort of put on their Sunday best. I'm not, I don't
0: know if tarted themselves up. It's probably, the, probably
1: not. Yeah. They, they gave themselves a zhuzh up. A zhuzh. A zhuzh. Mm. So they are ablaze with colour. And typically, of course, the villages are flanked with these massive taro plantations. But I love how most houses... Uh, and the English-style houses are called fale Palangi. Ah, uh, yes, yes. They all have this two-toned paint job, <laughs> and it's basically a case of, Choose your colours. So you'll see one house that is, like, yellow and blue. Right next door, it's pink and green. Then you've got, like, red and grey. Then the next one's orange and brown. There is absolutely no uniformity to the colour scheme.
0: Yeah, well, you compare that with that house up on the North Island where someone painted a house red and the entire neighbourhood wanted to lynch them. Oh, yes, that's true. We don't like a bit of diversity here.
1: No, that's true. No, I love the innocence of the villagers, though. Like, you'll see all these kids outside playing as if it was 1958. Yeah. Not a cell phone in sight. You'll get a friendly wave, a flash of a smile. It's always forthcoming as you're passing by the villages. And best of all, I think this is something which, I, if if I could do this, I would. Yes. There are the gravestones.
0: We're, so back, we're back with dead bodies, but that's we good. We are.
1: I know. I know this may sound a bit macabre, but I just think it's just a beautiful way to honour your loved ones. Samoans are real big sticklers for this. They'll have a family burial plot out in front of their house. Yeah. And some of them are like temples. So they'll put fresh flowers there, you know, regularly. And uh, Ma and Pa are just buried out front. I love that. That is good. Isn't it? See,
0: what you're telling me is you want to bury your parents.
1: (laughs) Out front. Well.
0: Yes. I'm sure your neighbours would be <laughs> delighted. Very, yeah, i well, very appreciative. Yeah. Right, coming up we check out some of Upulu's natural attractions as we swing on through Samoa. Don't go away. Hey. You're back with Trips, Tripsters, Mike and Andrew, as we take a splash with Samoa. Right, let us talk about some of their natural attractions. Torsua Ocean Trench, one of the most unusual places to swim on the entire planet. And you,
1: Mm. you swam there. It takes some beating, this place, Andrew. It really does deserve prime placement on your sightseeing list. This is like an enormous crater. On your bucket list. (laughs) Totally. It's like this massive crater's been punched into the earth. Um, How warm was the water? Very nice. Mm. 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 Very nice. So you've got this big swimming hole which has been formed from an ancient lava eruption when the land around it slipped away. Mm -hmm. And Tor the trench, is filled with seawater, and it's all connected to the ocean by a rather elaborate underwater cave and tunnel system.
0: Sounds very James Bond.
1: Oh, it would be perfect as a Bond location. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Uh, The only access into this incredible pool's sparkling emerald waters is via a ladder um, and it's about twelve metres down this rickety ladder uh, <laughs> with a small sitting platform at its base. I can
0: already hear you going, the ladder.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, rick- The rickety ladder.
1: I actually had to reassure an Australian, yes, that it would be okay.
0: Just and they believed you?
1: Well, <laughs> I said, "Look,
0: you're not you're not exactly convincing about those sorts of things." Okay, I was
1: bloody terrified. by it. <laughs> That's my point. But I thought, okay, this is a chance to put on your your big girls panties and panties. And outside, were well, you wearing big Aussie. girls
0: panties in um in Samoa. Okay, <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, down the ladder you go, and you do have to, of course, maintain three, three points, points of contact.
0: Of contact. Yeah. Yes, mm. which
1: I did religiously. I have to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, with knuckles yes. white. Oh, honestly, my heart did skip a beat or yeah, four yeah. or five. Mm-hmm. But I did brave it. I got there. The setting is like something out of Avatar. The actual swimming pool is about 30 meters deep. Ooh. It is cloaked with lush, lush vegetation, as if it's dripping down the edges of this crater-like drench. The water is as clear as cellophane, so you'll see all these tropical fish dashing about in the swimming hole. And they're probably looking at you
0: going, what's he doing here?
1: Exactly. Another frisson is the strength of the tidal surge, because as I referred to it, it's connected to the ocean. Oh, it is, yes. And they've actually got this rope that has been suspended Across the swimming hole so you can hold on to it so that you don't get sucked into the underwater tunnels fed by the pounding surf. Um, So that's a thing? You can actually get sucked into the tunnels? Yes, you can. And some very brave Samoans, I would not recommend this, health and safety here, Mm -hmm. but some very brave locals, they will actually swim out to the ocean through that underwater cave. But you've got to hold your breath for quite some time. It sort of reminds me of that big rescue effort in Thailand some years ago.
0: Or another James Bond film. Indeed. Indeed. Now, heading inland, some of it is famed for its majestic waterfalls wrapped in jungle vegetation. Very nice. Did you have a favourite fall? And I don't mean a fall from grace.
1: <laughs> I mean a waterfall. I do like a gusher. <laughs> Two favourites oh, in oh, oh, Upolu. Uh, Tonginga. Tongi which cascades into another fabulously refreshing swimming hole. Yes. And actually that sw- swimming hole was a favourite for some of Samoa's great warriors of the past. So, uh-huh. you know, they'd been out in, in battle zones yes. and came back to sort of nurse their wounds in this swimming hole. Um, but for pure undiluted visual pleasure, you seriously cannot beat Sopoanga Fall. Now, okay. this is this yeah. is like something Walt Disney could not perfect. With this massive 50-metre drop plunging off a volcanic ledge, thickly wrapped in jungle, it is just screensaver perfection. In fact, it's somehow screensaved right there.
0: Or as we said last time, a chocolate box. Totally. Mm. Now, the south coast of Upolu boasts vast... Silky white sands, and these are original white sands, not a shingle beach with sand trucked into them like we've discussed before. True. And snorkeling spots, mm. water fringed by waving palms. Waving, hello. They're all waving. They're all
1: waving. Waving, leaning, bending... Yeah, beautiful palm trees. Right. Uh, So you checked out what? Yes, a couple of places I would recommend. Beach hopping highlights include Vavau Beach, which has got this really nice sheltered inlet at one end and the most perfect row of coconut palms. It's like a German, very methodical sort of German, had come along with his ruler and thought, right, palm tree, there, 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 there. It's just so methodically, immaculately,
0: Perfect. German crossed with Samoan. There's a thought.
1: Yes. Well, of course, they do have that German past. They do. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, further along the coast, the ultimate Samoan beach babe, Lalu Manu Beach. Now, this part of um, Upolu was heavily affected by the earthquake and, and tsunami in 2009, mm-hmm. but it's bouncing back. You can actually still see the foundations of some of the resorts that were destroyed by yes. the tsunami, but Lalu Manu Beach... My goodness, if you want to do a spot of snorkelling or sea kayaking or just sunbathing, this long strip of white sand with those leaning palms really is amazing. And best of all, all of those merrily painted day fillets where you can just lounge, just flop out. <laughs> it really is. Just what? Flop out. Right. Just, just, you know, just chill. It is lounging in Excelsius, your quintessential South Pacific beach.
0: Well... After flopping it out of the South Pacific beach, the south coast is sprinkled with some of the nicest and most authentic boutique beach resorts in the South Pacific.
1: Yeah, small in size but huge on soul. Did you flop it out at any of these? <laughs> I did. I Great. did. Great. Um, the Rock Pool. Oh, I must tell you about the Rock Pool shortly.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, a really special resort. Is a place called Return to Paradise Resort. Yes. So this is the only fully owned and operated Samoan resort. So the rest of them are operated by? Well, sort of on location, you know, um, a few international interests and so forth. Mm -hmm. But the villagers are just so proud of Return to Paradise Resort because this was the site that was made famous in the 1950s uh, Gary Cooper film. Yes. Based on the James Michener novel, Return to Paradise. Of course. So when you get to the resort, if you go into the poolside Cabana Cafe, you will see this fantastic gallery of historic photos of the film being shot on location. And you'll feel like you're staying with long-lost family. There is this hilarious daily letter that arrives to guests from auntie Pisupu, that in itself is worth waking up for. So, sorry, a, a hilarious daily letter. Well
0: like, I, explain this for me. Well, Michael.
1: it's like the newsletter of the day as to you know what activities are on around the resort, what you can do, but she just injects a few pithy little observations on <laughs> life which are totally irreverent, but very, very funny. Oh,
0: that'd suit us. Yeah. Right. Some of the resort's signature experiences include
1: <sighs> Well, the rock pool bar, this setting.
0: Yeah, so what about the Rockpool? <laughs> what, what happened at the Rockpool,
1: Michael? Uh, well, what did you do? Well, I did all sorts of things at the Rockpool. What rock pool. did you do? The, the, the I got very friendly with the locals. Uh, but it's the sort of setting...
0: Is there going to be a, a, an inquiry? No, no. police or anything? No. Oh,
1: okay, go no. on. No. I'm a Goodson Beats boy. Uh, the <laughs> Rockpool Bar... Well, that'll get you out of trouble every time. <laughs> exactly. So the Rockpool Bar, for the fourth time, um, is... <laughs> Just the most incredible setting. It is as dreamy as reality gets, this place. And it's the design of the Rockpool Bar. It's like being strung along the jet black volcanic rocks um, Mm -hmm. at one end of the Return to Paradise Resort. It is just beautiful. All of these little elevated dining perches. You feel like a shoreline bird in a roost, you know, just looking out looking out at the sea while you're enjoying a few libations and a bit of dining, a bit of local hospitality. I
0: often see a seabird with a glass of wine.
1: Well, this is it. That's how I felt. And then the ocean water will surge in underneath you uh, from these beautiful little dining spots at the Rockpool Bar. I just loved it. I wanted to take that place home with me. Right. So... You obviously would have made
0: some friends and with the staff, and I'm sure the punters and got yourself whipped up a few special
1: things. Yes. Great dining, great drinks. Yes, great crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raz and his very chirpy crew at the Rock pool bar. <laughs> I knew there was a story somewhere. They whined and dined me. They actually turned me into a guinea pig, and uh, they wanted to uh, experiment. with their cocktail making on me. (laughs) So they whipped me up uh, um, one of their new tropical cocktails (laughs) called New Edition. It was an unusual cocktail, I have to say. It had raspberry cordial in it. Oh, good grief. Because I said to Raz, I said, this reminds me of a child. He said, keep drinking. And I thought, what is that taste? I thought, is it like jungle juice? Is it? Is it raro? What is it? Raspberry cordial. But it was raspberry cordial with all sorts of other um, sort of more top shelf um, ingredients. Fantastic. Lovely. Um, but the food. What did you eat? What well, did you eat? you really do just have to go with the the seafood. I grazed heartily on the freshly caught tuna, exquisitely presented in all these different forms. Uh, they had like a pokey dish. Um, and the salmon classic raw dish, oka, which is similar to uh, ceviche, the... The tuna is marinated with lemon juice and coconut cream, of course, mm. being salmon uh, and then sprinkled with diced cucumber and tomato and all sorts of other goodies. Totally divine. By the way, yes. if you were staying in-house mm. at uh, Return to Paradise Resort on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. you're in luck because Wednesday is Fia fear, fear night. Ah, so Fia Fia,
0: which loosely translates to being happy. I was very happy. Well, I was going to say, what about Wednesday night made you so happy, Michael?
1: Ah. <sighs> Well, the Return to Paradise edition of Fear Fear is the most exhilarating cultural show you could imagine. <laughs> yes. It is performed by the resort's award-winning staff and local villages, and they just a few months ago swept the field to win the national championships. So these are your gun performers. Right. Um, and it starts off with a, an Ava or Kava ceremony, I was like the special guest, so I had to start, oh my goodness, I was so embarrassed. You yeah, sure. So they passed me the ceremonial bowl, and I sort of said to my guide, who was with me, Longo, I said, what do I do? He said, just drink it, drink it, drink it. <laughs> Looking quite anxious that I hadn't actually started drinking it, what, as if it might go off. What, what
0: else were you going to do with it? <laughs>
1: and then you've got to sort of like, I think so. Uh, you say, manauea, manauea, mm-hmm. which is sort of like, you know, thanks to God. Yes. Um, anyway. So it starts off with that, but best of all, then you get all of the uh, entertainment, which climaxes with the most intoxicating fire knife dance. I so want to be a fire knife dancer. Um,
0: After a few bowls of carver, I could could imagine
1: you fire knife dancing. um, It seriously, though, is the most incredible fusion of graceful dance from the women and then all of that tub-thumping, body-slapping, Shebang from the boys, uh, it's very much an exposition of the passion of Samoan cultural performance.
0: I bet it was. The mind only boggles. Now, by this time, the uh, the tuna you had with the cucumber and the coconut and the lemon yes. would have gone down. Yes. Uh, and the fear, fear night. Yes. And again, fear, fear, yes. being happy. It yes. uh, includes a lavish buffet dinner. Oh. And you would have been right there at the front
1: <laughs> of the line at the buffet with both hands. Well, actually, I, I had a had a lucky break because <laughs> I was the special <laughs> guest. I was first in line. <laughs> so that so was pick at the table. <laughs> (laughs) So I straight in, and I stuffed myself on a catalogue of Samoan delights, like palusami. Palusami, which are those young taro leaves. Oh, you can't go past a young taro leaf. (laughs) Mixed with meat or prawns, I had both, Um, and then drowned in coconut cream with a bit of onion. Really, really nice. Got to love the palusami, but seriously, Return to Paradise Resort, it's an Irrepressible experience, a true sum on hospitality jewel. And you wondered why they charged
0: you for extra baggage on the way back. <laughs> in a moment, uh, we island hop, and next we head to Savai. Back in a mo. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break.
1: Beautiful is back with its warm, friendly culture, spellbinding scenery, stirring natural adventures and legendary hospitality. Beautiful Samoa is pitch perfect for a South Pacific holiday. Less than four hours from Auckland, make tracks to Samoa and create special memories to last a lifetime. Samoa.travel. This the Kiwi
0: Tripsters. You're back. We're back, Mike and Andrew, as we enjoy a swing through Samoa. Upolu is the main island, but right next door, Savaii. And how easy is it to island hop to Savaii? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy with some coconut.
1: (laughs) I jumped on the one-hour ferry ride, which whips you across the Upper Lima Strait. And I arrived in Savaii. I have to say, Andrew, it felt like the passage of time had just been... Turned back maybe 30 years? (laughs) That's scary. It's just so laid back. You think this is seriously island time on Savaii. It's so low tempo. And as I mentioned before, it's once again the sort of place where you will not see kids glued to their cell phones and devices.
0: Now, fun fact about Savaii. Despite its very small population, Savaii is actually the largest island in Polynesia. Outside of Hawaii, and New Zealand. Isn't that amazing? Well, New Zealand's actually two islands, but yes.
1: That's true, yeah. Um, but no big towns on Savaii. About 100,000 people live on the island, but very much they are based in villages, a necklace of villages scattered around the main coast road of Savai. My driver guide, Longo, and I said about uh, savouring some of Savaii's finest features in sort of bite-sized chunks. Ah. So you do like one section of coast – uh knock off those sites and then go around uh to you know the east or the north. Uh very much it's a it's a coastal island in terms of where you want to go to explore. Very much hug the coast, but our first stop was a natural blockbuster. Oh, oh,
0: oh yes, you're a big fan of blowholes.
1: I do love a blowhole. You do. And the Alofanga blowholes are on the southwest coast. Utterly awe-inspiring. This hmm. is your frothy puffy, gushy, ferocious natural spectacle. (laughs) And it's located near a village called Tanga.
0: He's talking about a blowhole, folks. Now, these blowholes were created by lava flows that gradually carved out underwater sea caves, which became tunnels connecting the ocean to the rock face above. When the water breaks against the seaward end, it rushes into the tube Erupting through the holes above ground in explosive little water spouts.
1: That's very well explained, Professor Seppi. Thank you. There's your blowhole, <laughs> and they are seriously explosive. There were five blowholes puffing and foaming with flamboyant fury on my visit. I actually, <laughs> I actually nearly got taken out by one of them because. <laughs> 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 I can imagine what you a, walking. Don't go too close, Michael. Um, I just want to have a look over here. Well, Longo said to me, oh, you, you you need to get a really good photo of these. So he sort of took me out further and further on this lava platform. And I was thinking, okay, we're getting very close to the ocean here, Longo. And then suddenly, boom, this massive geyser sort of blew half my face off. But... Um, <laughs> Do you think it's a little bit dramatic, Michael? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly, yes. But over the years the locals would regularly throw coconuts into the vent of these blowholes. I know that would be entertaining. Yes. So it essentially turns the coconut into a cannonball (laughs) and they will rock it up into the air even higher than the actual water jet. But I thought, oh, my goodness, health and safety has come knocking on Samoa's door because Longo mentioned to me that (laughs) this pastime is now – Frowned upon. I like that, frowned upon. Frowned upon because Mm. the trajectory of the coconut-cum-cannonball is rather unpredictable. So it could go sideways and knock out a tourist, which would not be good.
0: It does remind me of when I spent uh, New Year's Eve in Los Angeles. And, of course, when New Year came, people would fire guns into the air. Yes. And, of course, the bullet that goes up must Must come come down. down. Yeah. And people, but mm. anyway, you mm. think, yeah, that's not much imagination to be. No, no. Another star attraction on the south coast, Afu Ao Falls.
1: Yes.
0: Now, you like a good fall too.
1: I love a good fall. I love a good swimming hole. And this is um, sort of two in one. Yeah. Uh, you will f- struggle to find a more gorgeous swimming hole uh, than what you see at the base of Afu al Falls. It's like this hidden waterfall plunging from the dense rainforest into this very chilled pool. The water is three metres deep in the heart of the pool, yeah. um, but on the outer rim, it's it's very shallow, so you can just toddle your way in. Mm-hmm. But as the Mercury soared, we went there at about one o'clock in the afternoon, and there was like this conga line of pleasure seekers flocking to the swimming hole. A conga line of pleasure seekers. (laughs) It sounds like (laughs) a a scene from a cruise ship. It does, yeah. Mm. Um, Coco Cabana. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, eagerly (laughs) lapping up they were the chance for a very restorative heat-busting dip. It's a knockout location. I have to say, when it comes to swimming holes, I might have referred to this at the start of Kiwi Tripsters today, they have got the most incredible array of swimming holes.
0: I think you did mention that, but it's worth mentioning again, Michael. <laughs> Thank you so much. Now, further inland, Polynesia's largest ancient structure, and you went there.
1: Yes, this is the Malay Mount, and it's this enormous pyramid as wide as 60 metres at its base. So that's wider than half a rugby field. It rises in two tiers of basalt to about 12 metres in height. But the original purpose of this mound remains very open to conjecture. Well, as it
0: does with every pyramid
1: around the world, but still guessing. Well, that's true. But, I mean, if you look at, say, some on oral traditions, the impression would seem to be that this sort of monument was used for pigeon sneering. Or maybe as like a watchtower for warriors. Mm-hmm. But what I think is fascinating is the fact that many archaeologists pigeon sneering, yeah, okay, yeah, they would enjoy a bit of a munch on pigeon. But many that's ar- a
0: heck of a monument to build or a heck of a structure to build. I know it is to sneer a few pigeons. Well, they might have been hungry. Okay,
1: yeah, and, they, and pigeons fly high. Anyway, many archaeologists believe this pyramid and its flat top or platform is incredibly reminiscent of the pyramids built in Mesoamerica. Yeah, it is. Think of, like, the Mayans. Yes. And, of course, over there, they were used for religious rituals.
0: Well, yes, generally they were. but Human was,
1: sacrifice and all sorts.
0: Maybe. Yeah. But what about the orientation of the pyramid to the celestial bodies?
1: Well, that's the other – yes, true. <laughs> and speaking of things celestial, a lot of – um the ancient structures in Samoa, are star-shaped. Yes. Isn't that interesting? hmm So is there some commonality between Mesoamerica and Polynesia? Did some get across from South America to the likes of Samoa?
0: That depends which theory you believe, doesn't it, Michael? It's
1: true. Anyway, this uh, Malay Mount has been... Uh, carbon dated uh, to 1,000 years of age, given the ovens and the, and, the, and the post holes and stuff that they've found around it.
0: What's interesting about some of those, the carbon dating with a few of those structures is they've carbon dated it, mm. but then discovered that the carbon dating was actually when it was last altered. Right. But the original structure was well before that.
1: Well, I was really interested to discover that the reason they say that Samoa is, can trace its civilization back 3,000 years, is because there is this pottery which has been found in various locations in Samoa, which, if I've got the pronunciation correct, is called La Pita. Mm-hmm. And La Pita is a place in New Caledonia and yes. has the same pottery. So it would appear that maybe the first wave of migrants to Samoa came through Melanesia, New Caledonia, and across. Um, then the Tongans came into town. The Tongans were knocked out of Samoa. Samoa went and uh, spread themselves in other parts of Polynesia. So,
0: But then again, who was there before that?
1: Well, Andrew. <laughs> God was always there. Fascinating. Right, just ahead, some
0: final tips on tripping around Savai'i, and we will be back in a moment. Don't go away. You're back, this is Kiwi Trips, this is Mike and Andrew. As we swing around Samoa, like much of the South Pacific, Samoa has a volcanic soul. And in recent history, Mount Matawanu is a reminder of that.
1: What a reminder, yeah. This was actually probably my highlight from Savai on the north coast, the Salawola Lava Field. And this is a sprawling geological phenomenon and very much the legacy of volcanic activity from Mount Matavanu, which started erupting in 1905, and it just kept coughing up. um, They do that? Yeah, for quite some years, through to about 1911. Mm. So what you see there today, a century on, this incredibly airy black landscape, and the lava field just spews out all across the north coast. And you can see the remains of buried villages where homes and buildings were swallowed up by the lava flow.
0: Now, as Matavanu kept on sort of spewing out lava for the next six years, more and more lava, more and more lava, yeah. and covered an area of over 100 square kilometres. Massive area, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. So, five villages were buried, although thankfully the lava was slow moving, so there were actually no fatalities. It's like a slow-moving train wreck, isn't it? But when you step... (laughs) Lava. (laughs) Yes. Brought brought to you by New Zealand Post. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, When you step onto the lava field and this very bleak black canvas, you will notice the beauty in nature's brutality. You've got all of these swirling, shapely patterns fanning out across the volcanic rock, as if like a sculptor has come along and just given it a bit of a touch-up.
0: Nature has its own interesting patterns.
1: That is incredible. It mm. reminded me of like the ripples on the surface of a lake, you know, if you throw a stone into the lake and you – it was like that.
0: How does that go? Thank you.
1: Yes. Um, and then you've got uh, the resilience of nature. Uh, plant life and trees that have regenerated in the most implausible nooks and crannies in this black lava field. Remarkably, some villages have actually rebuilt phalae and modern homes on the rock, but the vivid green of some of that regenerating plant life just makes such a striking contrast with that jet black of the volcanic rock. Now, there was a church
0: that was actually engulfed by the lava flow.
1: Yes, and you can actually see the remains of this church. It was a London Missionary Society, LMS Church, now known as Congregation Church in Samoa. But you can still make out the arched windows and the peaked roof. Um, The inside of the church was just filled with layers and layers of black rock barreling through the arched door. You can walk right into it. Um, And to the left of the church, I was taken on this very rocky, undulating path um, up to a burial site that has been dubbed the Virgin's Grave. and just, The Virgin's Grave. The Virgin's Grave, mm. yeah. So just prior to the eruption. Hell of a time to die. I reckon, yeah. The daughter of the village's high chief died of tuberculosis as a teenager, and apparently she had just become a nun.
0: Yeah.
1: And so she's buried in this grave, right? And when the eruption happened, the locals believe because she was so pure, The lava deliberately flowed around her grave, not over it, consuming it, burying it, sort of flowed around it so as not to touch it. Now, I'm sure there's probably a scientific explanation for it, but it's still quite a good yarn. No, it is. So you can see that.
0: Now, Savai'i is where the missionaries first arrived in Samoa.
1: Yes. Yes. So on that palm-fringed east coast of Savai'i, there is this incredible monument commemorating the landing of Reverend John Williams. He was the first missionary to rock into town. He was. Um, And he soon converted, this was in 1830, he soon converted a powerful warrior chief, which in turn encouraged civilians en masse to embrace Christianity, and they have never um, stopped embracing it. It's just, you know, so steeped in their culture now. The LMS were, were, of course, later followed by the Methodist, Catholic, and Mormon missionaries. Mormon, very strong in Samoa. It's like this great competition for souls in Samoa.
0: Well, back in those days when you advertised a missionary position, you got a lot of people applying. Thank you, e. Now, e. the east coast is where you'll find Savaii's bejeweled turquoise lagoon.
1: Yes, this is so gorgeous. So um, I thought I had died and gone to heaven, actually. <laughs> and right across the road from this incredible lagoon, Moa Resort – uh, which is just the most sweetest of spots to stay in Savai. Very boutique-y, very laid back. You've got 20 intimate bungalows or, or villas. So, you know, we're not talking uh, big numbers of people. Very shady, lots of tropical gardens, fabulous pool. Can't go is- past a shady garden. <laughs> I spent far too long in the pool because it had a swim-up bar. <laughs> Which I think is such a good thing. I know it sounds very 1980s, doesn't it? It sounds very Tropicana. Yeah, it does. Uh, very Duran Duran, I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, that. Yeah. That or Wham Club Tropicana, yes. Yeah.
1: But I had to tear myself away from the on-site pool and swim up Bart because I really did have to have a wee dip in those bath-warm waters of the Turquoise Lagoon. It's a beautiful, beautiful spot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, if once
0: you extracted yourself from the bar, which would be like pulling a limpet off a
1: ship's hull, uh, what did you eat? Well, they've got a really good range of culinary delights at Amoa Resort. Um, (laughs) They sort of specialise in Nouveau Samoan Pacific cuisine. Nouveau Samoan Pacific
0: Pacific. cuisine. Mm. Okay. What was this?
1: Well, some of the dishes they had on offer, this fabulous dish called popo, which is coconut crusted chicken. Palusami was on the menu. Oh, lovely. So I went straight for the palusami risotto balls. Oh, lovely. Down to a few of those. Yeah. Uh, the pulled pork and the papaya salad. Very nice. Nice. I had twice cooked octopus. And I said to the chef, why is it called twice cooked octopus? And it's so we don't uh, undercook it. Thank you simple <laughs> answer for a simple person and double cocoa Samoa cake but yeah and why be, was it double cocoa <laughs> just in case you um, weren't getting enough of the sweet stuff so double cocoa before Co's indeed right Thank you Andrew mm-hmm. great observation Andrew <laughs> That's um, what I'm for <laughs> what I love about Amoa resort um, they're just so steeped in the village and supporting the village uh, around them so they've got all sorts of really cool programs like, Women in business, uh, they do a lot of work with organic farmers to, um, uh, get supply for local organic produce from around Savai'i. So, yeah, that um, Samoan way of life, Fa'a Samoa, is paramount uh, at Amoa Resort. And if you want to do a bit of a dabble with um, village life, they have some really cool programs and village encounters in their village of Siyufanga. Uh, so, you can go and see, for example, Latoga, the fine mats being woven, and also how they traditionally produce coconut cream, which is just such. A signature in Samoa.
0: Big fan of coconut cream. Yeah. And before you jetted back home, you went back to Apia again for more poolside frills. Oh, yes. You hadn't had enough of the water,
1: so back to ah, Apia. Well, yes. I would have to say, mm-hmm. if you do have a little bit of downtime to spend in Apia before coming home, have a night at least at Talmeasina Island Resort. This is uh, one oh, of the yes, uh, yes. one of the newer properties on the block. Very swanky accommodation, great amenities. And while I was in the house, the contestants for Miss South Pacific were staying. Oh,
0: dear, Which, dear, which
1: ramped up the glamour factor. I'll tell you something funny. I had a very long chat to Miss American Samoa. Yes. And I thought you can tell the difference between Miss Samoa and Miss American Samoa because Miss American Samoa was done up to the nines. It was like she had maybe 16 layers of makeup on. She was like, you know, you're true... All American girl, incredible! Just the the glamour factor compared to the more sort of oh naturel look of Miss Solomon Islands, so, <laughs> <laughs> Um and, and so forth. And also, Joe Parker was there, the judge. Oh, oh lovely, Joseph Parker, mm. such a cool guy. Um, so you never know who you might bump into at Tawhiti <laughs> Island Resort. Great place to kick back and salute Samoa before flying back to reality.
0: And welcome back. Mm. Now that is it for this episode. Be sure to like our Facebook page. Our show notes, as always, are available on the website kiwitripsters.co.nz.
1: Our articles on savouring the spirit of Samoa and the spirits of Samoa if you're up for a swim-up bar and a (laughs) poolside drink. All of those articles are available on our sister site, for fortheloveoftravel.nz.
0: That is for fortheloveoftravel.nz. We would, as always, like you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service of your choice. And we are, we are everywhere.
1: We are everywhere. And yes, we do love your feedback. Glowing praise is always good. In fact, I challenge you, gush, gush away with your praise like an Olufunga blowhole.
0: Hopefully one that hasn't had a coconut shoved down at first. Or <laughs> we might end up with some injuries. We look forward to catching you. <laughs> on oh, the mind boggles. Our next edition, Kiwi Tripsters, a week's time. We'll see you then. Take care. Hooray. Uh-huh. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to?